0: you're listening to the oz tv podcast only on the oz network we're into week four episodes seven and eight of survivor new zealand i can't believe we're eight episodes into the show already and uh, looking forward to to catching you up on everything that's been going on over these last couple of episodes. So uh, I'm Nick Chester. I hope uh, you're enjoying our coverage so far. And uh, I've got Perez Mackay with you as well. Hello. Hi, good to have you back, Perez. Uh,
1: How's your week been? Pretty uneventful, actually. (laughs)
0: So so is that that like Survivor New Zealand or unlike Survivor New Zealand? Just
1: like Survivor New
0: Zealand. Well, I think it's interesting because, um, you know, I I think we've both had our our maybe minor to serious complaints that the show's pacing is a little bit off. And uh, I did notice that uh, in some of the New Zealand media today there was a little bit of talk around um, the pacing of the show and that it's slow and nothing's kind of happening. And I actually think it was probably the the bad week to kind of talk about that because I actually think there was some stuff worth talking about here. And, uh, you know, when we talked last week, it was kind of a a pretty quick overview because there wasn't a lot going on. But I actually think there is quite a lot to unpack here. Um, It might not not all be... um, kind of, you know, crazy blindsides or anything like that, but I just think uh, some really interesting stuff to talk about. I'm really keen to talk about the edit, where you think we're kind of going in terms of winners as we're kind of heading into the merge, um, and, you know, like int- interesting stuff around um, kind of, you know, the, the throwing of, a, of an immunity challenge, um, a really close contest at Redemption Island. Um, I, yeah, so I think there's heaps here to talk about, really plenty to talk about. Which is always good, it's nice to come into a podcast and actually have something to talk about, so yeah, we're certainly not going to complain about that, but uh, I always like to start these things off with a really high level overview, you know, spoilers are totally on here, um, just so we're not trying to talk around anything, so obviously uh, our two big storylines here is that uh, Shay has been sent off to Redemption Island, and of course before her, um, Izzy was sent packing for good at Redemption Island, so those are kind of our two big takeaways, Um, obviously a whole lot of events kind of happening around that, to to kind of uh, set us up for what's happening there, and uh, the previews for next week kind of look like we're heading into a merge, so that's kind of our big high-level overview. Is there anything I, that you think I've missed there that we really need to be uh, highlighting at the top of the show?
1: No, I think you covered it, but can I add in something while we're on the top? of spoilers yeah yeah, i just want to say sorry ben for spoiling that dumb louisa got sent home but in my defense you shouldn't have retweeted our podcast that you hadn't listened to yet where we discussed it thoroughly but i'm sorry i'm so sorry very sorry
0: don't don't be too sorry to Ben. For a start, he's Australian, so you know he, he doesn't deserve any apologies. But uh, <laughs> se- secondly, of course, uh, Ben's off having an amazing time in uh, America, and he got into the the finale of uh, Survivor Game Changers. So
1: I so, know he- I'm jealous. Exactly. Jealous.
0: Yeah, there's no pity for him here. He's just going to have to live with that. Uh, so, yeah, Ben, if you don't want to, if you don't want to get spoiled, don't listen to your own podcast. Um, that's just how it's going to, have to be. So, yeah, that, that's how we're going. But anyway, we kind of, kind of kick into this episode, and uh, I actually, I don't know what you thought, but you know, we, we were a little bit critical last week that we got, you know, this, especially this, this hour-long episode that we're kind of getting on the Sunday night. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that, that it's a bit slow-moving, and we're kind of going back over the same subject matters over and over again. I didn't really feel that this way. It was still definitely a little bit slow, but I think we kind of built towards something over this this episode. Like, we kind of went back to storylines and built on them with each scene, which was quite nice. So I think even though it might have still been quite a slow pace, I think mm-hmm. it was kind of building towards something instead of just saying the same thing over and over again. I don't know if you felt the same way or not.
1: Well, I thought uh, it was more noticeable from, like, the, the, the way it was edited. We'd see a lot more of the repetitiveness, I felt, from... Just RV, they just kept. I felt they kept on showing them just repeating the same stuff over and over. Um, but I thought we, what we got was like a good, solid foundation for what I think is going to be Shannon's overall story.
0: Yeah, well, I I think if we're going to talk about Hermosa first, which kind of makes sense because, you know, they're coming back from Tribal Council and discussing what's happened with Georgia, Um, you know, I think, you know, this is a really interesting tribe setup and one of the things that I've actually found really interesting is obviously, we don't really, we see a little bit of it, but we don't see a whole lot of it, is that Shannon's still at Redemption Island when Georgia rocks up and Mm -hmm. they have a chance to actually talk things through before Shannon's sent off to to join her tribe, which I think is quite interesting. Like, it's not something we've really seen before on the show, um, that, you know, there's this real chance to to get together and debrief, you know, what they're going to do and they're obviously allies in two very different positions, you know, one's coming out of the game proper, and the other one's going back into it, and, yeah. you know, and what this is going to mean for them, uh, you know, it, it's actually really interesting to kind of see where this kind of goes, and I, you know, they didn't show a lot of that scene, and obviously there's probably not all that much that was hugely important about it, but I did think that was quite an interesting way to, to kind of show what was happening, and yeah, it, it was just different, and I, I kind of enjoyed that difference.
1: Yeah, well, it was good to see it and instead of us just hearing about it from Shannon back yeah. at camp. Yeah.
0: I do like the fact that we you know got these scenes of, of Shannon and Georgia kind of having these intense discussions about, you know, what's going to happen and what she should do coming out of the you – know, going back into the game, sorry. And kind of Izzy just kind of sitting off to the side, like really got nothing to do with what's going on, which is kind of weird. Oh, um, poor Izzy. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Izzy. <laughs> we'll definitely get to Izzy. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think um, – that was really interesting, and obviously we then get Shannon come back into the game and I think I talked a little bit last week that I kind of see the two big players on this this show so far being shannon and and Arvie. and now finally we've got them on the beach together to you know to kind of talk things over and I think it's actually the second episode, not this one, but they have quite an intense conversation and That to me was some of the best parts of these two episodes is watching who I think are kind of the two major players in this season, kind of hashing it out and seeing where that's going to go. And of course, I'm completely wrong and one of them gets booted next week, but that's kind of where it feels like it might be going is that these two seem to be getting a lot of screen time. Now you just talked about Arby and I think, I think that the producers of the show are going out of their way to show him as a good guy, you know, and really kind of set him up to make sure that we like him. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I think, some people you kind of just naturally gravitate towards anyway. You know, like, I think Salah is somebody that people like, regardless of what he does. You know, like, he's the kind of guy that could just backstab somebody, and you probably still like him. But, yeah um, Avi, I think they kind of have to work a little bit to make sure we really, really like him, and I think there's probably a good reason for that. So we're going to find out what that is. I'm not saying that he's the winner, but it certainly feels like there's a major story going to happen there, and, um, you know, he's going to be a major part of it. So that was kind of what I took away from these early scenes anyway.
1: yeah. I agree with that, yeah. I think Arby's either being set up to be the winner or the, the could-have-won, yeah. should-have-won sort of guy, Yeah, definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 no, I definitely feel the same way, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out, and, um, yeah, I think the show's going to start to get quite interesting now that um, we get into a merge situation, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're really seeing this kind of struggle because obviously, you know, this Hamosa tribe are talking about, well, you know, Shannon's going to come back into the game and, you know, if we lose, then we're just going to boot her. You know, that seems to be the consensus. Yeah. But, you know, in and, and speaking to Shannon's skills, I think you see her come back into the game and, you know, she's really winning people over. And, you know, I, I think that's that uh, you know, shows that her attributes... Are, and, you know, I, I kind of make this joke all the time, that she's always smiling. But I think what's quite clear is that she's got some good social skills there and she's really connecting with people and they, you know, people really like Shannon and, you know, I, I I think you don't always kind of necessarily assume it because she's been sitting inside that major Alliance and we kind of just lumped all of them together as being all kind of quote unquote bad guys. And, Uh you know, suddenly you've got kind of Shannon sitting out there um, and, and we're starting to, and, you know, they did show a little bit of that of her trying to break away from that big group. And, you know, I think it's going to be all about where she goes next and it's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating to kind of watch what's going to happen with Shannon going forwards.
1: Well, she's definitely one of she's definitely the central female character of the series, even more so than Shay was.
0: Yeah, I think so, and I think um, obviously uh, something that we're going to talk about a little bit later is that the media coverage, and one of the things that's been talked about a little bit in this uh, this round of episodes is you know. The, the gender bias that we've had—all women go out quite early—and um, yeah, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I think probably in terms of the females we've got left on this game, well, you know, it's it's what her and her and Barb basically, you know. So there's not a, yeah. lot, of, there's not a lot of options really. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Shannon is somebody that they're doing a really good job of, of kind of giving us a good story. Now, I'm kind of interested, like looking at some of these other characters. I mean, what are you? What's your feelings about Nate? I mean, he's as close as you've got to our hometown lad in, on the show, so. Uh, you know, what, how are you feeling about Nate at the moment? I I like
1: him, but I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. He's like a big question mark. I think he, he's a good character, definitely. I think he's got the awareness that you need when you're playing Survivor of other people. I don't. I think he might be being edited in a way that he could do better than how he's going to do. I don't. I don't think he's going to win. At this stage, I think that would be a really big, huge stretch if Nate won. But I, I like him, but I don't think he's going to win. I think he's in a good position to sort of get to play for at least another two or three episodes, but I I don't see him winning.
0: I, I think what's quite interesting is that I'm seeing a bit of a turn um, that, you know, originally we were kind of looking at this character, and I, I think what if I'm trying to make a, a, a kind of comparison, is that he kind of reminds me a little bit of um, Boston Rob, and that, you know, on the show, when Boston Rob's kind of like the underdog, mm-hmm. he's really fun to watch. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you re- like you think of Marquesas Rob, and you think of, you know, to a degree, Heroes versus Villains Rob, and, you know, and they're fun characters to watch. Um, but when they get into power, they're not as interesting. You kind of get a little bit turned off by them, and... I think you know, Nate's got some really good observational skills, but I think his game suits being in you know, outside of the power structure, and I think now we've seen him with a little bit of power. I think he's not as interesting as potentially um, he was when he was an outsider. I don't know if that's a you know, Boston Rob this is the right comparison, but it's the one that always comes to mind to me when I think about somebody who's always very different when they're an outsider is to when they're in power.
1: Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I, I would relate that to early season Boston Rob, definitely. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So I mean, it, it's just quite interesting because um, you know he kind of puts the heavies on Georgia, and we get this whole—sorry, uh, not Georgia Shannon—and we get this whole thing with Shannon about you know that she, um, you know, she, she's she's really wanting to um, kind of not have that discussion with him because she's a bit worried about him. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and and that's an odd thing to think about. You know, I, I don't think that strikes me as somebody that you want to see. Um, as, as your winner that's, you know, scaring other people that they don't want to talk to them. And, you know, so I thought that was a really kind of odd little scene that, you know, she was actually terrified of, of having a one-on-one with them. Um, and that doesn't speak to me particularly well of somebody that you think could go on and be our winner.
1: Well, I think more more the what she was scared of could have been the obvious sort of desperation that may come across for somebody in her position, and she could have just associated that with having to interact with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's very true as well, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's some interesting dynamics going on on this tribe, so I thought, um, potentially, before we kind of move over to the Mogaton tribe, is that Let's just talk a little bit about like baseline editing, and I mean I think things are a little bit different here from from the American version. Um, but mm-hmm. you know if you're looking at these five that are currently sitting on this beach, and uh, we'll chuck Georgia in as well, so we'll look at the we'll look at the six who are kind of from this group or, or whatever at the moment. But um, mm-hmm. who you know we're eight episodes into this thing now. Who do you think, based on what you've seen of that six, who do you who could you see as potential winners, or who who could you discount as a potential winner? Do you think?
1: Well, I Barb she's out, she's not winning. Yeah. Um uh, Nate's just too much of a long shot and Georgia, no way. Yeah. She she can't win it. But then I think I'm hoping that Salah doesn't win because he is the obvious it would be like, Salah winning this Survivor would have been like Rupert winning Pearl Islands, it would just be so dumb, it's not even funny. He's like the obvious choice to win, but he's just, he's too nice for my liking.
0: I think the thing with Salah is that he's somebody that this first portion of the game, when it's all about the team, I think they're fine, you know, Like they're the perfect person to have around. He's strong, going to help you in challenges, he's a nice guy. But the minute that we get into an individual game and people start thinking about the end game, Salah's the perfect person you want to get rid of. And so I think, you know, when we get down to about seven or eight, Sala's going to struggle past that point because people are going to start looking around at who do I want to sit next to at the end so that I can win. And Mm -hmm. obviously is not somebody that you potentially want to be at the end with. And we don't know what the challenges will be, but I suspect there's probably going to be a few kind of concentration slash willpower Kind of challenges towards the end, and you know that makes me think that probably Salah not going to win those ones, and yeah, so I think he could be in trouble when we get down a little bit further. So uh, he's definitely still on the radar for me, uh, as is Nate. But you know, in that group of six, I think yeah, I'd agree. I, I would probably count out Barb and I count out Georgia, um, and you know, I would be, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was Salah or Nate. Um, but I think it's unlikely. And then that kind of leaves me with Arby and Shannon as kind of the two from that group that I could really see as the potential winners of the season.
1: Those are my two as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So I, I think we can kind of probably leave those guys um, until we get back to the immunity challenge. Um, sorry, the, the reward challenge. And uh, talk about the Smogaton tribe. And I guess this is where things are, are not particularly changing, except we, we kind of get this whole thing of Tom's... You know, he's, he's now even thinking beyond... Getting rid of Shay, that's pretty much a given now. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, we start to reevaluate that after the immunity challenge. But you know, we get this whole thing where he's actually thinking about well, who of these guys can I start connecting with to get me further in the game? And yeah. I think Tom's a really interesting, I I, I keep saying this every week, but I don't, I'm so interested to see what his final story ends up being, because I just can't pick it myself, I just, I don't know where this is going with Tom, Um, you know, I really feel like this is, you know, a goat situation where somebody's going to drag him to the end because he's kind of made deals with everybody and nobody actually can trust him, Mm -hmm. but I could be completely wrong about that, you know, he could actually go out quite early, again, we'll we'll get into this a little bit later too, but I don't see him as the winner particularly, Um, but we're seeing these these four guys kind of connecting, and you know, I, again, if we're going to talk about things around kind of sexism and things like that, I I really, I mean, I don't know what you expect. Like Tom comes into the situation, uh, you know, it's either him or Shay based on the numbers. If he can see those three guys are strong, well then he's going yeah. to try and just make that instant connection with those those three other guys. So, you know, I, to be honest, I, I think probably you know there's a little bit of of portraying Tom as as you know this kind of weasel that's that's putting himself in a good position, but I think any of us would probably do the same thing. I mean, you know, back on the original Mogaton, um, Shay made no bones about the fact that she didn't like Tom, and, you know, and mm-hmm. that's now coming back to bite her. And, you know, I talked a little bit last week about Georgia was just wrong place, wrong time. You know, sometimes a switch happens, and somebody's on the outs, and what do you do? You know, you're just you're in that position. There's no there's no winning. And actually, Shay's just in the same position on this tribe, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think... I I think Tom, I think this episode was gave us a little bit more clarity on Tom, I felt. I think he's going to be, like how you said, he's going to be like the Weasley kind of guy. He's playing uh, the former Himosa tribe members that are, he's with now. And he's been playing, well, either manipulatively or not, but he's been playing with uh, Avi and Salah. So he's got that, he's got these new people, where is he going to go? Who's he going to screw over? I think that is going to be Tom's story.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he yeah. so strikes me and because he kind of looks like him too, of like Sash, you know, like he's such a Sash um, that you kind of nobody can really kind of trust him or be or comfortable <clears throat> with him. And, you know, like that that's totally who he comes across as being to me. So, yeah, uh, and yeah. a little bit of that kind of Albert from South Pacific as well, you know, that kind of gets to the end, but nobody really likes him or can, you know can can really say a nice thing about them um so yeah i mean i think that's probably where his story's kind of kind of leading to really but i I guess we'll kind of just have to wait and see but yeah i think i i like what you're saying here is that they're kind of building a little bit on tom's character it's you know it's not just the same thing as we got last week we're actually building about okay so what do i do next and obviously we just get keep getting these these images of, like, Dead for Shea, you know, just kind of, like, lying, <laughs> me, doing nothing, um, and, you know, I think it's quite interesting, because, you know, we heard a little bit of stuff from, you know, when Tony was on the game about how Shea would sit around and, and do nothing, and, um, you know, and, and we're actually seeing it with our own two eyes now, so, it'd be, you know, it'd be really interesting that whenever Shea ends up coming out of the game, whether it's next week or further down the line, as, you know, was that a fair portrayal? Did she think she was kind of sitting around not doing a whole lot, or is this just something that's kind of been talked up for the show? Because I think that that's you know, a little bit unfortunate if they're just using some, you know, some, some trickery behind the edit to make her look like she's doing nothing.
1: Well, intentionally or not, like if it's the editing, <laughs> but they've definitely portrayed her as like being like the corpse that <laughs> is yeah. just dead in the camps.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally, just people just, like, walk around her, eh? Like, she's not there. Yeah. It's, it's kind of ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, is there anything you want to touch on on these three Hamosa uh, boys that have come over to the Smogaton tribe? I mean, to me... Um, I don't think there's a lot here other than that I would say we're really getting the villainy that kind of kicking in for Mike now, you know, like if, if there was a yeah. way that you thought Mike was somebody that was likable before, then, you know, he's definitely not now. And that's going to kick in a little bit more after the challenge, because obviously when he sees George has gone, he goes on a bit of a rampage about, you know, that why would they get rid of the cute little girl? And, you know, they're just these, these old people that I don't like and I'm going to get rid of all of them. And he just comes across as a, you know, a complete douchebag and, you you know, like, that's the character that they've decided to make Mike out of. And I know Mike Mike has uh, listened to some of the podcasts, so hi, Mike, if you're listening. Uh, we definitely don't think you're a douchebag, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, the, the show is definitely portraying you as such at the moment, so we, we're just calling out what we're seeing on screen, that's, that's all.
1: Well, initially when he was on his whole, oh, let's be heroes vibe, I thought he was a dick. Now that he is, like, being portrayed as a wanker, I think he he appears very much so to me to be a wanker, but i I like that sort of awful person. I like watching that. so I'm a fan. I hope he doesn't win. I, I don't think he can win. He won't win, but I'm enjoying watching him at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think and he's a character that you want to see stick around for a while, like you know. The, the kind of just very casual viewer in me, basically, just you know, you, you want to see that that smarmy guy get kicked out, basically. But you know, as somebody who knows that the show is better the longer you can keep a villain around, yeah. Uh, you know, I want I want Mike to stay around because it makes for better TV. You know, it's final right.
1: six would be good. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I mean, one thing I'll definitely say for Mike is that he's he's awesome on screen. Like he gives a good confessional. Um, you know, and I'm sure lots of the ladies and the the gay guys love him too, you know, because he's good to look at and all that kind of stuff. So he's definitely an asset for the show. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, he's somebody that I want to see kind of stick around because I think he's just bringing some good stuff to the show.
1: He also seems to have a lot of game awareness as well. But I think he is like a young, young person, Um, not a very... uh, I don't want to say stupid or dumb, I just think he's a young 27, 28, however old he is. And the the, the, the awareness and the understanding of the game, it's all there, but it just comes across so... uh, I think juvenile is the wrong word, but it comes across a lot younger than what he is. So I think he could probably be somebody who does well, maybe in his, like... Mid thirties, but yeah. right now he's fucked. Sorry, yeah, I Mike.
0: Think I think he probably what you might be touching on is that he's quite impulsive. I think you know, like I think. Um, he sees something that annoys him, and he doesn't strike me as somebody that might have the huge amount of patience that's needed to kind of wait for the right moment to strike. Like, he's just going to go go for the jugular straight away. And sometimes in Survivor, you just kind of need to be a little bit more patient. Like, he does strike me as a little bit of a Brian Heideck, but, you know, like, this is what Brian might have been like when he was in his, you know, early to mid-twenties, you know. Um, And, you know, like, you, you see Brian when he does play Survivor and he's he's calm and he's collected and he knows when to make a move and that's what makes him so great. And I, think, I think you're actually right in terms of he uh, Mike does have a, a good understanding of, of who he is and I think a pretty decent percep- perception of how he's been portrayed and I think that's mm-hmm. really quite important because, you know, Guys like Mike on the show quite often don't understand how other people are seeing them. And Mike will know for sure that, you know, come merge time that people will be gunning for him. Um, He's quite well aware of that. But, and this is kind of a nice little segue into our challenge... Is that you know we we arrive at this challenge and um, this is I really like this challenge um, and it's this hero challenge you know where one person's getting put up to run the whole challenge for everybody and we've seen this before in the American version but you know like if if Mike was completely lacking in self-awareness well he'd just go well I'm the strongest guy I'm going to do this challenge the rest of you can sit it out but you know he's smart enough to at least have a discussion and let and you know whether he lets Lee do it or whether Lee actually does win that you know, like whatever that discussion ended up being, uh, yeah. Mike didn't absolutely bulldoze everybody out of the way and say, no, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the hero. So he's got yeah. enough self-awareness to know, hey, I don't always have to go hard every time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's good. That just shows he's, he's not a complete, you know, tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So I think just before we get into this challenge, I think let's just run through the five that we've got. Um, On this tribe as well and just in terms of that edit and kind of what we think the edit is telling us and i I think this one's probably a lot more straightforward really but do you see anybody in this group that you think is probably getting you know that kind of winner
1: edit vibes uh no not at all i think lee has been i said last week that i thought the double episodes i think one of the benefits of that was that we were getting to know people and there wasn't anybody that was particularly invisible yes I forgot about Lee. Yeah, He's yeah, the invisible nobody.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because Lee has quite a quite a big role to play in these two episodes, really, and you still don't really see a whole lot of... I mean, obviously, this challenge that we're about to get into and discuss, like, Lee is the the hero in this challenge, and, um, you know, we, we we don't get a lot about you know, after they lose and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, not a lot from Lee for me. Jack, I just think, is just coming across as somebody that's kind of quite hard to like. I mean, I, I, I like his smarminess and his... It's kind of funny, you know, like is it cracking jokes all the time? Like, it, it's good, but it, uh, he's not somebody that's winning for sure. Um, and so, you know, Shay, I think, is probably, I think the, the early episodes were good for Shay, but she's really dropped off a cliff since then. Um and uh yeah, we've obviously talked through Mike and we don't think he's he's going to be winning this game, and uh, we've obviously talked through Tom as well, so yeah, I think we're we're not feeling good winner vibes on these guys, but i I definitely am feeling could go far vibes from from lots of them, you know um, oh definitely yeah yeah, yeah, so that's gonna be interesting to see so I think we can kind of go into this challenge so obviously we've got this one where the, you know one person's been put up to go out and, and get these sandbags from the surf, which seems actually the hardest part of the challenge is actually kind of um, you know, untying the bags from from reasonably heavy surf, so that's quite a cool little twist that we didn't have on it in the American version. Um, and then the uh, bringing these sandbags back and putting them on the kind of um, catapult type things and, and kicking them up into the basket above. So we've obviously seen that aspect of the challenge on on a few American versions. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I don't know what you think about. Like I'm in two minds because I actually like the whole thing about the kind of hero aspect of it that it's one person. Um, but I also it just annoys me a little bit that, you know, we've got, you know, what is it, eight people or whatever sitting watching this. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know if this was deliberately done because otherwise there's no way Hermosa are ever winning a challenge. But, um, it, it, yeah, so I don't know. What are your what's, what's your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I, I like the way they did it in Cambodia when it was three people doing it. Um, this one, I, I like the challenge because it's like an old classic Survivor challenge. But um, I I think it was the way how they were getting one person each it was to like give Homosa a shot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I mean that's not something that we um that I mind particularly because I don't want to see all these challenges be a complete blowout. So you know from the yeah. perspective of I think it makes a better story, and I think it's kind of leading us to this whole thing where this this new Homosa tribe is now suddenly feels like this is a real alliance. You know that these guys are all in it together, um, mm-hmm. and yeah you know, I, I quite like that because i think you know for for a when you get groups of players that haven't really been big fans of Survivor, quite often they just, at a merge, they'll just revert back to whoever they started the game with. And yeah. this is definitely doesn't feel like that's where we're going with this group. Um, feels like to me, it now feels like Shannon is definitely in with these other guys. Um, you know, I could be wrong about that, but that's kind of where it feels like it's going. So yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of see where, where that all leads. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, I like the challenge. A um, couple of notes from me about the challenge that, um, yeah, the, the kind of I just find a bit funny is that, um, you know, you can definitely feel that these challenges are a bit small scale um, and yeah. <laughs> like everything feels so close. Like, when you kind of see the shots, like, and maybe it's just because there's eight people sitting on the benches in this one, but they look just like they well, they are. They're, like, right next to the action. And that just doesn't feel like something that happens on the American version. Like, it just feels so, like, little. Yeah, it
1: definitely seems a lot more scaled down. And yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, it's
1: not as... Uh, the set sign is big and dramatic. It's more like of an intimate setting. Yeah. <laughs> but, but having
0: said that, like things like, uh, you know, I've talked before that I think the Tribal Council setting, like, I think that's awesome. Like, I think the Tribal Council looks amazing. Um, and I think the lighting job that they do at Tribal Council as well, just, it, it looks so good. But the challenges is where I struggle a little bit with the show is that I can just, I can see the seams a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. That, yeah, there are just things that you don't see. And I think they rely a little bit too much on their kind of GoPro shots and things like that. And um, then the other thing that's obviously hilarious about this. And, and this got a, uh, a, a news a, a news piece this week was that, you know, obviously they're playing for a, a pretty average price, in my opinion. Especially, after, you know, this is the portion of the game normally where you're getting past the survival rewards and into, you know, here's some burgers and, you know, that kind of stuff. And, mm. you know, so they're playing for, what, a hammock and two mats and a, one pillow. Um, and then, like, well, it's what's supposed to be chocolate bars, but obviously they melt and it's just like this big glob of chocolate in a bag.
1: It definitely suited the like Survivor vibe, having the chocolate melt and then scooping it out of the bag. But seriously, production should've stuffed them in a chili bin.
0: Yeah, and I mean it <laughs> You know, you listen to to players talk about the show afterwards, and there's there's always a lot of talk about, um, you know, the things you don't see. And, like, so when there's, like, a pizza reward, that the pizza's always cold, and, you yeah, know, like, because, like, they don't have an oven right next to where this is happening, so it makes sense. But, you know, it's just one of those things where, in New Zealand, the New Zealand Survivor, you are seen the seams a lot more. You just see, like, it's just, not only is it, like, a big thing of melted chocolate, but it's also... It's, like, in a, like, glad Ziploc bag. You know, it's just, like, <laughs> it's just, it cracks me up, eh? Like, it's just, it's quite funny. Um, yeah, so it's just those little things on the show. And I think one of the other things that I really noticed, which is not really related to the challenge, but I can see where the cameras, oh, sorry, I can see where the microphones are stuffed on these players a lot. Like, do you notice that? Like, um, there's always these, like, big square bulges in the back of their buffs quite often when they're wearing them on their heads, because that's obviously oh, yeah. a, little, like, a little mic pack or whatever.
1: Yeah, it didn't look, it didn't look the same as the, um the American or the Australian version. The yeah, way they, so
0: that would yeah. be something that to, to keep in our minds because when we do get a chance to talk to some of these players that, um, uh, you know, we'd definitely like to talk about that because I just wonder if that's a little bit different from the American one, that maybe they don't have as many boom mics out there and things like that, that they're actually using little mic packs that the American version doesn't. And obviously the American one, like you can see it when they come into tribal council and stuff, that they've actually been mic'd up properly. Uh, yeah. But I don't think think around camp that they're wearing mic packs quite in the same way that the New Zealand one is. I could be wrong about that, but just one of those things that I kind of noted, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was was, was more distracted by the fact that they have metal forks when they're eating than the microphone. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I noticed that, you know, early in that Redemption Island scene that George is eating from like a spoon, and it's like, oh, (laughs) you know, just like these little things that kind of feel a little bit out of place. It's, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, But I guess we're probably actually glossing over the fact that um, Hermosa win this challenge, which is really cool. And like I say, we're kind of building towards this tribe being quite unified and um you know, talking to our earlier point that we get a lot of talk from arby about you know this was his moment to to be a hero and he, and he pulls it off and you now to me i think that's all good signs for him being somebody that's going to be around a long time uh or he's the guy that gets sacrificed for somebody else to go on and win the game um one of those two things i think and um yeah it, it's just interesting that we get a lot of shots and they really talk about arby winning a whole lot and you know it, it's it's really interesting and um Obviously, on the other side, you know, Lee is, it makes me think if Mike had lost this challenge, that you know, what would what would we have got? Because Mike's obviously a bit more of a central player to, to the story at the moment.
1: Mm-hmm. I reckon he would have um, been a bit of a huffy puffy sore loser had he yeah. lost it. For himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So no, I think and I think it's quite good. I mean, I like the fact that we're, you know. Uh, one unintentionally obviously with the, with the throw, but um, you know, seeing Himosa win is always interest, is always more fun I think. And it does remind me a little bit of the um you know the the Mara Amu kind of comeback when they were down to, you know, four four you know, three women. Yeah. Man. Um, you know, like that that kind of un unbelievable comeback and their winning challenges and having a little winning streak and things like that and you know it's that same kind of thing that these guys are definitely the underdogs and yeah you know, any time that an underdog's winning is, is always good fun on Survivor so yeah it's it's definitely fun to watch these guys win I think
1: yeah it's, and it, it's good
0: and it's just as much fun to watch um, the Mogton tribe lose you know like I think yeah <laughs> as well yeah yeah so, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's all quite interesting stuff here. Um, you know, the whole thing with the chocolate in the bag is hilarious. But uh, one thing I did kind of really like about it, though, is that these guys, even though it's like eating chocolate with a fork out of a bag, that they're still like, you can see them kind of getting the little chocolate high. You know, like they're all like, you know, and to- talking so much about how much they wanted, to- wanted chocolate and all that kind of stuff.
1: But well, you can tell they were absolutely loving
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really funny because... I think that this show is actually... You know, for the people that really want to see survival aspects um, and, you know, see these guys suffer and struggle a whole lot, I think mm-hmm. this is giving this to you a whole lot more than the American version does. And one of the things that really hit me there here is that, you know, we're doing this whole thing where they're eating chocolate out of a bag and getting, you know, getting this really basic survival prize for winning. And it's like... Yeah, because it's only day fifteen. You know, like it's actually not that far into this game. Like we're about yeah. we're about a third of the way in, and you kind of forget that because it does feel like you know this is episode seven we're talking about. And we've obviously seen episode eight that. Yeah, it just feels like we've seen these guys for so long already, but it's actually so early in the game.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, it's just one of those things that I kind of kind of picked up on, really. Um, well,
1: this this season's definitely more. Uh, it's not as game-focused as yeah. the American version. And it, it, it's not even trying to be like I felt the Australian version was really trying to be. Yeah. But, um, no, definitely, this is definitely like old-school Survivor, more about the survival aspect and the yeah. relationships that happen from being in this odd predicament.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think um, as, as well, you're kind of like the whole, going back to the Shannon thing, which is obviously a big part of these two episodes, is that by having that extra time you can kinda of see why these guys are, are kinda, of, you know, falling for Shannon, you know, like that they, they're getting to spend time with her and, you know, you get to see that and you know, at one point I think in the, I think it's in the second episode actually where Salah kinda of says, Look, I've only known you for, you know, a day but already yeah. you know, and you kinda of get that. You kind of feel the you kind of feel that this is the long slog without the kind of big patches of boredom. And some people might disagree with that, but you know, I didn't find this to be a boring episode, so it definitely wasn't something that was kind of on my mind. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's just really interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I'd agree with that. Yeah.
0: Mm. So I think probably the, the one thing to talk about as we head back to the Margaton tribe is obviously we, we gloss over pretty quickly that Lee lost the challenge for them and, uh, and all that kind of thing. And, and yeah, like, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, I don't think that speaks particularly well to his chances of winning. Um, but yeah, and then, and then we kind of get into um, Mike's reaction to to Georgia um, being out of the game. One thing I'll say just before we kind of start this conversation, or actually two things, is that we're still, and I guess this is the other thing about us being reasonably early into the game, is... Um, we still haven't settled on what these guys' names are. You know, we're still getting Michael sometimes. We're getting Mike sometimes. And, you know, when Lou was still in the game, we were getting Louisa. And it's just quite funny, you know, like it's you forget that in some of the American versions that somebody starts out as Deborah and ev- eventually they're Debbie or whatever. Um, yeah. And, you know, so it's kind of funny that we're still not separate on that. The other thing here, and I think it's on the scene, I like, could be like in this little group of scenes anyway, um, is there's, you know, they're doing like a confessional with Mike. And um, then it cuts to one which is quite clearly him, like, days ago. Um, and it's him still on Hermosa. And you can see that the, his buff has been coloured in all orange. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's really obvious. And it's just interesting because, like, you know, like, his beard's really pulled back and, and all that kind of thing. And it's funny that, you know, I, I don't know if it's just us Survivor fans that notice these things. But, yeah, it kind of it stuck out to me like a sore thumb, really.
1: Oh, there was one that, uh, you know, when uh, Shay in the first episode was commenting on how she instantly was a bit mistrusting of Tom and it had looked like they just arrived and she looked like she hadn't slept out in the jungle yet. Then I think it might have been about episode four, maybe. It was the same shot from the same conversation of her commenting on something. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, you you can see it if you pay attention.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I guess we're probably just survivor nerds that pick up on these things, but um, yeah, I, I definitely do pick up on these little scenes all the time. It, it's quite funny. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know that there's too much more we actually really need to talk about before we head into Redemption Island. I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add to this. No, there
1: was nothing else there, was there? Yeah, well, I think mean,
0: we kind of captured it pretty well, really. I mean, this is, and I mean, what we're you really getting from this whole setup of having one episode and then a second episode is um, we are getting a setup and payoff type you know situation where the the Sunday night episode which is an hour long obviously we have two challenges there which is basically what's giving us the extra time really is that there's a second challenge Um, Mm -hmm. but a lot of what happens is set up for what's going to happen in in the second episode and uh, and then there's payoff so there's lots of talk in this episode obviously with these four guys talking about throwing the challenge and you know we get the whole thing with Shay you know kind of talking about just as well she got married before she came out here otherwise it would have put her off men for life (laughs) you you get all those kind of fun little scenes and I I wish we'd seen more of that from Shay actually because I think she's actually quite she's got that ability to be quite snarky and and I, I think, unfortunately, she's kind of, I, I don't know if she's just deliberately done it or, or you know, about kind of pulling back and, and not really showing that side of her. Because I think mm. she's actually really funny. And, you know, it would have been would have been a whole lot of fun to, um, to kind of see some more of that. And, yeah, it, so we get a lot of that set up about, are we going to throw this challenge? Are we going to throw this challenge? And, um, you know, they've been pretty obvious that, you know, You you see so many scenes of the four guys sitting together and Shay off doing whatever she's doing, you know, like it's just, they don't even seem to be paying any lip service to it. And to be fair, on the other side of it, Shay seems to be quite happy to let herself sit outside of what's happening as well.
1: Yeah, I think she might be trying to work her way, because I don't think whoever it was that she was talking to in the next episode before Tribal Council would have even accommodated her conversation had she just been the corpse lying around that we've seen. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I think we, you know, and there's definitely some fun stuff to talk about with that vote and what and what Tom's actually up to there. Um, mm. So, yeah, we, we can talk about that when we get there. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're, it's that classic kind of setup, setup, set-up, set-up. So we're obviously going to see uh, the payoff in the next episode, and I, I think that's an interesting way of presenting the show. It's not something that we see anywhere else, really. Maybe a little bit on the Australian one, um, but, you know, where this first episode is not even really designed to end... Well, you know, it's deliberately not designed to end in a tribal council, so you don't get the, you don't get the the resolution to what they're talking about in this first episode until the, the end of the second episode. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting way to do it, and I think that's probably where people are getting a little bit impatient because they. They want to see some more action. They want to see this stuff pay off. But that's the way. That's the decision that the show has made. It's decided that we're actually going to do that kind of setup first. And I, I, kind of thought things might be a little bit more chaotic. That we might get occasionally we would get a tribal council at the end of a Sunday episode, and sometimes we wouldn't. And you know, sometimes we'd get two people going in a week, and sometimes we wouldn't. And that that's kind of not happened. It's been pretty formulaic, which is quite interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought the exact same thing. And I I think the way that they're doing it, that they're doing it okay. It's not horrendous.
0: Yeah, well, I think think now that we've kind of... uh, I I think in some ways you have to accept that this is what they're going to do. And, uh, you know, if if we've made the decision to keep watching, then we're accepting that this is how the show is going to be presented. Um, We may have our issues with it, but ultimately that's how this thing is going to be played out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm coming around to it. Um, And, you know, sometimes... And, you know, like we've obviously just been through you know, at the time of recording this anyway, that Survivor Game Changers has just finished and, you know, the penultimate episode of, of that season had, you know, two people going in an hour-long episode and that has its downsides too, that you, you yeah. don't always see the exact reasons why people are going and it can be confusing as to why somebody's ended up getting getting cut and, you know, this you, you're left with absolutely no questions really about why somebody decided to vote a certain way of why this tribe got rid of this person and that might be a good thing and a bad thing i think ultimately it's going to provide a more satisfying show overall but i think the way the show's been drawn out is a little bit frustrating week to
1: week yeah well it's definitely like um dedicated viewing will be rewarded sort yeah. of case yeah
0: yeah i think so and i i think it's going to be a little bit like that kind of Borneo-Australia feeling, you know, like Australia definitely felt drawn out when you think that they had like a final three and that was a two hour episode and you know, like that felt very drawn out and um, I've always been pretty critical of that end game in, in Australia because it just feels like it goes on forever um, and I think that this might feel a little bit the same, but the ultimate payoff there is that you you have the time to really connect with these players and, and feel what they're feeling and so, you know, when somebody like Tina does win, you really connect with that because you Kind of, you've been there with her the whole way through, and you really feel like you've got that story. Whereas somebody like, yeah. uh, like a Michelle Fitzgerald, when she wins, it's like, oh, okay, that's that's great, I guess. But you know, like, a, you
1: mm-hmm. know, so
0: I, I think the, probably the payoff at the end is going to be worth it. I think. Um, but I think you know, like, we're pretty much the the, the board is kind of set here for us to kind of head off to trouble um, Redemption Island. I think.
1: Redemption Island. And I mean, this was a really fun one.
0: Um, I I really enjoyed this one, um, and. I like this challenge as well. I like that. I like that. Survivor New Zealand is taking these really kind of simple challenges from the states and and using them well. Um, mm-hmm. So again, this is obviously the one where we're stacking dishes, and we've seen this well, at least twice, maybe three times. Um, obviously, this is the final final four challenge in China, um, final five challenge in Heroes West Villains. So we've seen it a couple of times. It's probably been around. I think it was probably a Redemption Island one at some point as well, eh? Um, was this in but...
1: Heroes vs. Villains?
0: Yeah, this was the final fight. This is where um, Parvati won it and uh, Colby got voted off. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So that's I, I do remember that one. Um, and I'm I don't pretty, even remember that. I'm pretty sure it's also one of the, I think maybe... South Pacific, but this is one of the Redemption Island jewels towards the end as well. I think maybe the one where um, Whitney or Dawn or somebody like that goes out, um, mm-hmm. or maybe both of them actually. Um, and Aussie Windsor, I think that might be where this one was shown as well. So, yeah, I, we obviously have seen this one before. Um, you know, these guys are talking a lot about all of them going to see the jewel which I think I think the show works better when everybody's there and watching it I don't like it when two or three people get sent and so I like mm. the fact that the the Kiwi version here we're sending everybody when we can which I think works a whole lot better and we get this whole yeah. thing about Shannon you know she's got to make this decision on who she's going to cheer for and all this kind of thing um, and yeah, I think that's that's probably about it. Before we kind of head in and, and see this challenge, um, I mean, who who are you rooting for going into this? Uh,
1: I think Georgia is a better player, but I was hoping Izzy would send her home.
0: Yeah, I think I'm I'm feeling the same way that. Um, You know, I think, like I talked about with Mike being a good villain, I think the show is better if Georgia sticks around because I think she's a more active player. um, You know, she's going to make the show more interesting by being there. But um, I've definitely got a soft spot for Izzy. um, You know, I've really enjoyed watching her on the show for a number of reasons. Um, And, um, yeah, I I was kind of hoping for that. Um, I I think probably one of the things that's kind of come out in the media here, for those that aren't kind of... You know, watching the media as, as it kind of develops over here with the show is that um, Izzy talked a lot about being pretty pretty sick while this whole show was going on and obviously we saw that in the first episode and then she kind of bounced back and um, y- you can kind of see, and I wouldn't say giving up but you can kind of see that she's really fading towards the end of this and you know like it doesn't feel like Izzy's really fully connected and I think Izzy's probably a reasonably kind of calm Um, introverted type of person anyway so you're not going to see her kind of screaming up and down when she wins a challenge or something like that but you definitely kind of feel a little bit that that you can see her struggling a little bit and I think a lot of that's got to do with the fact that she was not at 100% Yeah,
1: I think as a fan of the game Survivor I want Georgia to come back and uh, as far as being a fan of the show Survivor it would be better to have Georgia coming back. It was just me personally. I think Izzy's nicer. So yeah, yeah. Poor Izzy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I, I think as well, this was actually a really fun one to watch because it was really interesting to you know. Normally, you actually don't really care what the the rest of the players who are watching are doing. You, now, you're not looking for their reactions. That's not the interesting part. Um, mm-hmm. But on, on this occasion, it definitely was, because obviously, you know, Mike and the rest of his alliance have got a vested interest in Georgia staying in the game and, um, the, and the exact opposite for the other guys. And so there's obviously a lot on the line here. Um, you know, and it's, but it's all it's all revolving around Georgia. It doesn't actually really matter about Izzy. It's just Izzy's the thing that's going to stop Georgia from going any further. And uh, yeah. you know, so it's really interesting. I get one of the things that I that kind of annoyed me about this was, um, I think it was Jack's reaction when Georgia wins, and he kind of stands up in this real douchey manner, and is like. Yuck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, his foul first. His yeah, foul first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like <laughs> so, to me, it's like i really like Jack, but Jack does feel like I really expected Jack to be more of a, an active player in this game, and he really has been a follower. Like he's just found his guys, and he's just going to stick with them. And I like, know. And we as viewers can see quite clearly that Jack is going to get used and abused by these guys, but he can't see
1: it. I don't think. Um, oh God, he, it would be good to watch. He act- I thought he actually had the potential to be like a bit of a, a chubby Malcolm, maybe. But he's just, he's, he sucks.
0: Well, I think probably what's what's upsetting is that we can see that he needs to needs to switch, and he can't see that. And I think we'll, you know, a couple of times, and, and we see this with Shay as well, but, you know, um, earlier on when, when Nate and Barb are trying to talk Shannon around, it's like, well, we need Jack. And Jack's just like, nah, not really interested. And, like, and that's the end of it. And so I think he's probably a bit of a brick wall to the, to the game getting interesting because he doesn't have any interest in... in Changing out, and, and, yeah. And to be, yeah, you know, to be fair, if you're sitting in this game you know, as it's playing out, and you're a Jag, I mean, mm-hmm. you're probably thinking, well, I want to go to the end with Mike and and um, yeah, and maybe Georgia because you know they're go- everyone's going to hate them, and so I'm going to win, you know, like. So he probably sees it as a really good option, but he's probably not thinking about, well, what if they don't take me, and I'm, I might find myself in a position where I've got no power and I just get voted out because I went along with them, and that's probably yeah. where the problem going to be, yeah.
1: And he doesn't seem to be. Uh, on top of that, he doesn't seem to be looking at how exactly that group is actually going to get there, because yeah. it's not going to be so straightforward that they're just going to bam, 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 everybody else off, and then off they go sailing away to the end. Yeah, he, yeah. he's dumb, dumb, so disappointing too. He was the dude that doesn't like the vegetables in his fried rice.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. He was. Right. Guy, he was the guy that you know, in his thing it's like. Oh,
1: Jack. It was like,
0: how did you prepare for the show? He's like, well, I definitely didn't go out running. I just ate some pizza. <laughs> it's just so, so classic. I okay? like, he's really good. And like, he was the guy from the start. I was been like, yes, this is my guy, because that's exactly what I'd be like. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's been disappointing so far, but there's still time. There's definitely still time. So we get into this challenge anyway. And, um, you know, it's obviously a really close finish. And I think they made it out to be more of a closer finish in the, the kind of preview than it actually is. It's pretty obvious that it's, um, you know, that it's Izzy that goes first. Yeah, um, and yeah, so uh, you know, it, it's probably not quite as dramatic as as it was shown in the preview, but it still is really good. Like, I really enjoy it. And one of the things I say is like, what is up with the show and all the random rocks everywhere? Do you know like right in front of them? There's like obviously these rocks that are supposed to be like when the when the things fall, they'll smash, but they're just uh-huh. like, they're randomly placed everywhere, and it's like. The same thing at Tribal Council. Like, in front of the urn, there's, like, these I know. random rocks. It's like, why? Yeah. What, what's up with all the random rocks everywhere? It just seems to be a thing that the show's doing. So, yeah, uh, who knows? But it seems to I be I think it, it be might
1: a, be, thing. like, maybe the beaches in Nicaragua are, like, the beaches in Hawke's Bay and are shingle, stony, no sand, maybe.
0: No, okay, Yeah. yep. yep. <laughs> maybe there's something to that. But, uh, yeah, so, obviously, we see uh, Georgia pull this out. Um, it's pretty close in the end. And, um, yeah, I think... Us as, as fans of the show, we think that's probably good. It, I think it definitely sets us up for something interesting next week because obviously, I think what's going to happen next week is that whoever wins that duel, there's going to be so much interest, you know. Because obviously, if, if Shea wins, then that's going to be an asset for, for Sala's side, and uh-huh. um, if Georgia wins, then it's obviously an asset for Mike's side, and so you know, that's going to make things pretty interesting, I think. Um, whereas if it, next week it was Izzy versus. Um, versus um, Shay then there's nothing mm-hmm. invested there you know like because it's a win-win really for Salah's side I would think in that situation so um, yeah no
1: Izzy's as, as story was done there was nowhere else for her to go really Yeah,
0: yeah. so um, yeah disappointing to see her go um, but um, yeah I think she was uh, a fun part of the show while she was there considering she was definitely not at 100% while she was there I think that's something we need to know as well
1: and she was the highlight of the premiere episode yeah. stealing it from the other guys yeah. I would have done Good on you, Izzy.
0: Yep. No, definitely enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, I think we can we can probably close out and uh, give a quick a quick uh, ranking or rating for this episode. So it's uh, in terms of it being a a, a, a an owner, renter of bin. I mean, where are you going with this one?
1: I would probably I'd, I'd bin this one. I don't need to watch this one again.
0: No, it's interesting because I thought this was quite quite a decent one. I thought we got. You know, two quite good challenges, which are always quite nice little centerpieces for the show. Um, and I think, look, just the drama at the end, with there being something that's now riding on these these Redemption Island challenges a little bit more as we get closer to somebody coming back into the game. I think it does mm-hmm. make it so. It's definitely it's a reap for me. I think. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely uh, have at least one of us who's still keeping on the on the rent train, which is which is good. Uh, so yeah, then we can um, swap over into the the second episode then. And I think this is a, a really good episode as well because we kind of see some stuff that um, you don't see a lot on on the Kiwi on the um, US Survivor, I think, which is you know the kind of throwing of challenges in quite such an obvious way. Um, yeah, I, I, I think like it was just it felt like there was going to be absolutely no tension after the immunity challenge. It's like, well, okay, well we know it's going to happen, and it actually ends up being quite interesting. So yeah, it was um, it, it was a fun episode for me this one, and um, yeah, I mean we kind of get into this whole thing of, um, you know, it's going to be a throne challenge. And I still can't get my head around that we, you know, we, we start these episodes in the middle of the day. It's still weird to me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm, I'm just so not used to it. But, yeah, we start the, start this episode, and we get a little bit of Georgia um, at Redemption Island, which is I think, got to be quite a good sign for her chances of coming back into the game. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, you know, I don't think we've seen that with anybody else. Am I right Ooh, about that?
1: I, th- I th- we saw a, did, didn't we see a little bit with Tony? I don't
0: know. I can't remember. But it's, but I, it's I, not I, been seen centrepiece.
1: There's a lot more talk about uh Georgia on Redemption Island than there was about Tony on Redemption Island.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've really liked the fact that we've we've not seen anybody actually win two two jewels. It's that you know that's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, obviously I think there's probably a pretty good chance that it's Georgia for next week but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of get into that as, as we go through. But, uh, yeah, I
1: mean,
0: where do we want to start with this episode, really?
1: Well, I thought this episode was more of the same, more of where is Shannon going to go, what's Shannon going to do. Oh, now Shannon's in with these guys on Hemosa. I thought what we got a little bit more uh, uh, point of view from Salah about how he is sort of observing and plotting maybe, maybe which I liked what we saw from Sulla.
0: Yeah, I, I think so and I think, you know, we're, we're starting to now legitimately set these guys up for being, yeah, thinking about the merge because one of the things that's annoyed me a little bit about the show is it's like episode three and we're like we've got to get, get to the merge. I'm like why do we even care about that right now, you know, it's like <laughs> a long way to go and yeah. Um, yeah, so, so now we're actually getting into the merge and um, yeah, so I mean, to me that's that's a good thing, I think, that we're, we're now thinking about what the next stage of this game is going to look like. And, you know, obviously these guys are a, a little bit nervous about what this is going to mean for. And, you know, like, I, I think it's interesting that we, we talk about obviously it's Mogaton who throw the challenge. Do you think it went through this Samosa Tribe's mind to throw the challenge as well? Because, you know, if they can if they can force a, a Shannon versus Georgia showdown, then that's got to be good for them because only one of those guys can come back into the game. Or are they. Well, going that was.
1: That was what I was expecting. uh, Naturally, when we saw the Mogaton tribe talking about throwing the challenge, I thought we were definitely going to hear it coming from Avi and Salah and Nate. Or maybe not Salah, but definitely Avi and Nate would have at least discussed it.
0: Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, it's interesting. Maybe they did have that discussion. They went, no, we're not going to do that. Maybe they're thinking, well, we let that other tribe go to tribal council. They're probably going to vote out Shay." Um, and so, you know, we've got a 50-50 shot of getting Shay back into the game, which is good for us.
1: Oh, I don't but, think they even discussed it based on Shannon's reaction to when they won the immunity. She was just like ecstatic, like she's well, almost crying. Well, I think I, they,
0: I, yeah, I think probably they, uh, I don't think they discussed it with her. I think probably, you know, everybody, she was probably under the impression that she had to win, otherwise it was over. Um, but the others might have been talking amongst the four of them that, you know, we could do that. Um yeah, so I, I don't think that Shannon that would have been part of those discussions. And then, and then with that, though, and
1: with her reaction, I don't think that the obviousness in which the uh, Mokotan tribe is throwing the challenge, how actually authentic that obviousness was,
0: yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the, the show wants to lean into it, don't they? I mean, they want to really know yeah. that it's happening. And you get that on the American version as well. You know, like, you go back to, like, Survivor China, and, like, Jamie's been really obvious that she's laughing her way through the challenge. And, you know, you don't know how, mm-hmm. how much that actually was a thing or not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that they really need to sell it on the show. And I, I did like, there's, like, a clip there somewhere where it's kind of like, you know, the two boys are, are rearranging the titles, and they're making up, like, dirty words or something. Like, yeah, like, tight ass, that was
1: Yeah, funny. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that,
0: that was quite funny. Um, yeah, so I, I think probably, in terms of the Hermosa stuff in this episode, I think the stuff that's really interesting is around um, Shannon and the work she's doing to try and get these guys on site. And obviously mm-hmm. it's not something she needs for this particular episode, but... Um, but I think that there is so much story to happen next episode when we get a merge and, you know, potentially the people that are going to be, you know, it's going to be the Shannon and Tom and whoever comes back from redemption. Um, well, probably not because that whoever that person is is going, to, is going to side one way or another. So it's probably going to be Shannon and Tom. So it's no surprise, really, that the story is kind of evolving around those two people because they're going to be the kind of swing votes when we get to this merge vote.
1: Well, if, say, Georgia does come back from Redemption Island and she goes back to Mike, because she'd, she'd, be, she'd be an idiot to try and jump on with Avi and Salah and Nate and Barb, Yeah. I think. If she goes back with them, I think it would be interesting to see where actually Shannon really yeah. goes, because is she going to jump over and abandon her new group and go with these guys and put her trust in Tom, who she has spent no time with yeah. at all? And that could be something, that, there could be something there that we could get to see, which would be quite cool if Tom and Shannon start talking once we get to the merge. That would be, I'd want to see that.
0: Yeah, well, I think probably the big story is, you know, if we're going to assume that it's Georgia who comes back, is mm-hmm. we're just naturally assuming that her and Mike are going to jump on board. But we've also got a lot of story here about Georgia's actually really close with Shannon as well. And does she actually decide, look, I... I've got to go with Shannon because that's where the game is for me. I mean, I don't think so. It doesn't feel like George is in a position where she's going to jump on board with the people that voted her out. Mm. Um, so that seems unlikely, but I, I definitely am not getting the feeling from Shannon now that she's going to go back with those, you know, with her old alliance. So we could be in for a, a kind of 5-5 five, five showdown, which could be pretty interesting.
1: I don't know about Shannon. I, I think there's, some, there's something off about her. If I was playing survival with her, I wouldn't trust her at all. She, she seems. I don't buy the whole like dopey doofus act. Like woohoo, yay, we're eating rice. The whole happy, happy thing. I don't buy it. It's, it seems phony to me. I think she's more uh, observant, observant and perceptive than what she likes to let on. I'd probably. Because,
0: the only thing that I would say about that is that she seems to be exactly the same way in confessionals. Um, so she's obviously not able to just turn it on and off um, in front of people. It's obviously if that is the case, then she's obviously put a big, um, you know, a, a mask on over like, her entire persona for the entire game. And uh, I, I tend to think that that kind of thing's not possible. Is that people can do it for a little while, but you know, your true colours kind of come through pretty quickly in this game.
1: I think there's a lot of like clarity in her confessionals that we don't really see in her like camp. Dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's it, it's an interesting one, really. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating next week. I mean, next week I really hope is a good episode because we we definitely need a real, we need some electricity at Tribal Council. I don't think we've had a really big vote at Tribal yet, and we need one. I think so. I'm I'm hoping that we're going to get that. But uh, let's kind of just stay a little bit grounded in in this episode, um, although you know, I'm not sure that there's a ton that we actually really need to cover. I think that the whole thing is that Shannon kind of building relationships. As I said earlier on, I think there's this really kind of crucial scene between Shannon and Arby that kind of goes on. And, you know, I think that they're two of the, the kind of three or four key players on this whole season. And we mm-hmm. see them kind of having this quite in-depth discussion. And to me, I think this is some of the most interesting stuff in the game. And, um, you know, like I, I, I am a big fan of Arby. I like the way he's playing the game. He's... He's almost like an Ethan, you know. Like it's kind of he's he's playing really well, but he's mm-hmm. not been he's not been deceptive or manipulative or anything like that. He's just been a, a pretty reasonably nice guy, um, and you know, a, a, and it's working for him.
1: I th- I would put him more of like a Jeremy Collins. I think there is. I think he's got the ability to be a lot more cutthroat than what Ethan was. He doesn't seem as you know like oh good good is. Ethan
0: was. Yeah, well, I, I guess the thing as well is that he hasn't had to really get you know too nasty yet. And the good thing about the way this game's playing out is that ultimately he could be in a position where he only has to be really you know nasty and and underhanded two or three times.
1: You know, he yeah. Might, he
0: might be in a position where you know he if, if he can win over at this merge and get mm-hmm. the numbers, then at some point you know he could just get rid of those people, and you know then he could actually just you know, get get his numbers down and then he'll at some point have to get rid of Salah and, you know, he'll have to get rid of, you know, maybe a barb or somebody like that. And, you know, so a couple of votes where he has to turn on his people and ultimately Mm -hmm. those people will probably still respect him because, you know, you've got to get rid of somebody at that point. Um, So, you know, I think he's in a position where he actually hasn't had to and he probably won't have to for quite some time.
1: Well, I think, um, didn't he mention early on that how he would only vote out Tom if he absolutely had to.
0: Yeah, and I mean, this is one of the things that makes me a little bit nervous for Arvy is that we get a bit of a scene here where Tom was talking about, you know, like we see the scene with him and Jack are kind of connecting. And, you know, yeah. Tom talks about, you know, well, you know, Arvy saved him, but he was he got no promises from R V and he's got no loyalty to RV And I think, ooh, that could potentially be bad for arby that you know he might be the one that gets done over by tom and so yeah. arby could be one of those kind of early jury members who kind of sets the pace and you know, ultimately ends up Making sure that Tom loses in the end through the jury boat. Um, mm-hmm. So that made me a wee bit nervous for, for Avi, you know, of all the, all the good talk I've got about him, and I think he is playing really, really well. Um, that potentially he might have a little bit of a blind spot there for Tom, and he might realise too late that he should have taken this guy out really early when he had the opportunity.
1: Yeah, it would be, it would be, it would suck to see, um, you know, uh, Avi be the Aussie to Tom's poverty Micronesia. That would be. Not good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the thing I keep going back to is if, if RV goes, then you know early. Um, yeah. Then where's the show going? Because I think like so much of it is built around you know Arby and Salah really. You know that's where the big story is. And you know I, I just I, I, oh yeah, it's I, I hate to say it, but I just I don't think that that's going to happen. But I, you know, I, and the reason I hate to say it is because I don't want to jinx them, but yeah, I, yeah, it's it's a hard one.
1: Well, I think with the way that Arby's been edited, if he's an early juror, this season will probably be a bit of a fizzer. Yeah, I agree, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so I mean, actually we get into this, I mean, is anything from this, I mean, other than what we've just talked about, which is the kind of Tom-Jack thing that's kind of, kind of, brewing there. Um, I don't think there's a whole mm-hmm. lot to be talking about at this mogaton tribe because we actually get to the challenge pretty early and obviously the thing that we get pre pre challenges a lot of talk about oh, are we going to throw this challenge and we pretty much it get signaled to us before we get there that yes this is going to happen. You know it's not even like yeah. uh, maybe we'll see what the challenge is, you know, like they're like, no, nah, we're throwing this. Yeah. So I mean to you from your perspective, if you're one of these four guys, is, is does this just seem like a no brainer, we're throwing this challenge and getting rid of Shay?
1: Oh this actually it's it's sort of I I don't know, like, when you even mentioned it before about Jamie and PG in China, I think that's, like, one of the only cases I can think of that throwing a challenge was, like, the smart thing to do. I don't know that doing that was... I can see the motivation for it. I can see the reasoning for it. I can see why it would make sense. I, I just don't know if that would have been the right thing to do had I been... Mike, because he doesn't know what Shannon's thinking, and he doesn't even know what George is thinking. I, I, don't know. I don't know. It's still a question mark. I'd have to see how it pans out to make a call on it. What about you?
0: It's a, yeah, it's a hard one for me too because I think I definitely think in these post swap situations, there's definitely lots of good reasons to throw a challenge. Like one of the other ones is uh, you know another. Africa callback, but, um, you know, the one after the swap there
1: where... Um, the well, players, Silas. Yeah, 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 So, I mean,
0: they basically throw that challenge, and you know, everyone goes on about Ethan as this amazingly good player and nice guy and blah, 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 but they forget conveniently that he actually threw a challenge, and, you know, it actually worked out perfectly for him. It was the right thing to do in that situation. Um, so mm. there, there definitely is times to do it, especially in this kind of post-swap period of the game. Um, but having said that, yeah, you're right, but this, this group doesn't know where Shannon sits. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know... It, and I mean, they're also thinking about you know who you know, will Shea potentially beat Georgia because that you know that's not a good look either. And I think this is where there's a difference here is that you throw a challenge and this is going back another Russell Hans thing as well. It's like you throw a challenge in Redemption Island, you've got a real chance that that person comes back, and mm-hmm. and that's that's very problematic because you're at the point of the game now where you want to send somebody to Redemption that. And this is what Tom's thinking is when we get to the vote that potentially is going to come back and still work with you and that's a really really hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. We've seen groups try and pull this off before um, you know and and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't but yeah it's a tricky one here and I mean the, the obvious thing that blows up in their face is that they send Shay she, she knocks out Georgia, comes back into the game, and just joins the Hamosa tribe, and it's a 6-4, you know, and, and it's game over for those boys, you know, and I think that's, you know, Shea is, I think, a bit of a, a competitor. I think she can do it, and, you know, especially <coughs> if it's something that involves kind of willpower, I can see Shea just, you know, if it's like, you know, oh, we know what it is, obviously, um... But uh, you know, if it was like a willpower one, and they don't know that, so Shay could stand there all day. You know, I don't think she'd have a problem with that. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, I think if Shay was somebody that was an absolute, you know, shitter of a competitor, then it would be a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of balls in the air, and you don't know where they're going to go. So, yeah, it's it, it's really too hard to know. But. Um, Yeah, I mean, we get into this challenge, and and this is obviously actually a lot of fun. Like, I really enjoy watching these guys try and throw this challenge. And, um, yeah, one of the things I wanted to point out a little bit was with Matt, because we haven't talked a lot about Matt in the last few episodes. And, uh, yeah, one of the things I've actually quite liked about Matt, and we haven't actually pointed it out, is that he's, whether he's doing it consciously or not, but he's definitely trying not to use the same kind of phrases as Jeff Probst.
1: Oh, but he does, though. He uses them, and they don't sound authentic. <laughs> that well, so, well, some of so does it, but, like,
0: I remember, like, one of the things that, you know, like, one of Jeff's ones is, like, you know, immunity is back up for grabs. I mean, that's what he says every time. But mm-hmm. Matt, Matt's one is, immunity is back on the table. Like, that's, that's his one. And, you know, like, it's, it's quite funny. Like, some of them he's just... Yeah, like some of them are like the you know, come on in guys and things like that are, are quite similar.
1: Um, oh, there was one that was very different. I, I, I can't think. Oh, when they are about to start the challenge and they're like, you guys work out who's going to stand down. Stand but down. What?
0: <laughs> what? But is I this like, like being
1: suspended from high school? Stood down? Come on.
0: But I do like the thing that, um, it's, have you noticed that it's very infrequently the immunity idol? It is our little buddy. <laughs> little, mate, little mate, little mate, sorry. It's our little mate. It's like, Jack, can you bring the little mate over? i like, that is so Kiwi. <laughs> I,
1: I, I think the immunity idol is, is ugly. It doesn't look that great. It sort of looks like the Marquesas idol gone wrong.
0: It's very generic, eh? Like, it just looks yeah. like something you could have bought at Bunnings. Nothing special. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> yeah, and I think it's, it's actually... Um, it's a rarity, because I have to say, I think that the art department's actually done a really killer job on the show. Like, it looks really, really good. Um, but this is one of those situations where, yeah, the immunity idol is kind of... I, I could take it or leave it. It's not something that really jumps out at me as being anything, you know, particularly special. <laughs> yeah, and so, I mean, obviously, we, we get into this throwing challenge, and we're throwing buckets around, and um, uh, these guys almost didn't need to throw this challenge, because it felt like Shay was doing an absolute shit job of this anyway. I mean, obviously, Lee's given her some pretty questionable throws of that bucket but you know i don't don't think she's really helping her cause by doing a very good job anyway um yeah so well i I think if if, i think if um shannon and barb had actually been better at the um at the puzzle solving thing then this would have been over before the, the boys even got to the puzzle you know
1: yeah well they should have stuck they should have put shay somewhere else if they wanted to win but i think they had her in the right place to uh Oh, if I was shy, I would have thought, red flag, why am I not being put on the puzzle?
0: Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's definitely one of those things that you'd probably put Mike in that bucket position, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you don't put probably your physically weakest person catching the bucket.
1: Like no. so you, you might you might put her
0: on the one that Lee was on, you know, where she's catching the water and then walking yeah. up a balance pole because you know the the women are normally pretty good on the balance beam. So yeah, that would be. Oh, sorry, Lee wasn't on that one. That was um that was Tom, sorry. But yeah, so. That would probably make the most sense, but there's lots mm. of there's lots of throws where Shay throws the water and only gets halfway to Tom. So I think she, she actually <laughs> like she she really helped them throw the challenge without making it even more obvious. You know, like if she had been good in that position, I think yeah, we would have been, you know, would have been in um yeah, it would have been game over even earlier. So
1: yeah, it's. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, so we get into this challenge and, you know, we get this, di- this is one thing that the New Zealand one seems to be doing a lot as well, as we're cutting to ads in the middle of, an, of a challenge, which <sighs> oh, you get in America.
1: I don't like that. Yeah, There's no, so no, many no. ads, it's ridiculous, and they're put at at the most stupid times as so well. So is
0: it, is it me, like, I, I actually haven't caught it, but is it just we're doing, like, you know, three standard ad breaks and then doing two or three that have got, like, really short ads, like three or four ads, and then we're back into the show, or is, am I just imagining that?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't watch it on TV. I watch it on demand, and there is like way
0: too many ads. Yeah, no, I, th- I think we are doing that, but um, I could be wrong. But anyway, we kind of cut in the middle of this this challenge. You know, we kind of kind of cut to ads, and as we're to ads, this is just where the boys are, are starting to get their their blocks and anyway, as we talked about before doing up the like tight ass or whatever it was, and just and... Matt, Matt gives the most perfect stink eye I've ever seen. Eh, to <laughs> what the fuck are these idiots playing at? It's just like it's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that was kind of actually my favourite part of the whole episode, was the stink eye that, that <laughs> Matt gives him with that challenge, it's, just, it's so funny, but you can, it's actually funny, like, we are talking earlier about, like, you can see the seams and stuff as well, it's like, when this challenge finishes, and, you know, obviously, like, these challenges get run by a dream team and stuff beforehand, so they, they do test them, but, yeah. um, obviously, this didn't quite go as they had expected, like, well, I, I well, to start with, we've got one one tribe that's clearly throwing it, um, mm-hmm. but the other tribe is just not able to finish the job, and <laughs> you can, and you can see a little bit of panic setting in with Matt, like he's like, shit, what's going to happen here? Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> and. When the challenge finally finishes, when, you know, Hermosa finally get it, Matt does yeah. this look to the camera. It's, it's a real quick one, but it's like a, oh, thank Christ for that. Like, it's, it's <laughs> a look on his face like, oh, my God, this was not going well. Um, so, yeah, Matt, Matt reaction face in this challenge is the best thing ever. It's so brilliant.
1: Yeah, and speaking of this challenge, this is another, like, survivor challenge that we've seen a few times. I really like this challenge. I think it's really cool. I was glad to see this actual challenge happening.
0: So you mean the, you mean the first part of the challenge? Yeah. Because I'm not a big one for um, phrases that have been said on the show, um, you know, turn them, you know, here's the letters. Like, I think that thing, that just always leads to kind of boring to you. Not boring to me, but it's like just watching people rearrange letters is not all that interesting watching people solve a puzzle can be quite interesting especially if it's a puzzle but watching people rearrange letters is not interesting TV
1: well I don't really like the whole word jumble thing anyway because I would suck at it but if it was like one of those like I don't know those sort of like rose bush fire tree looking puzzle things you know yeah, that would have been better.
0: Well, the thing is, you can see people making progress or not making progress, whereas with letters, yeah. they're just moving them around, and it's usually not until right before they actually get it that you, you realise that they're about to get it. Um, yeah, I think they,
1: they work on the American, I don't, I don't even like them on the American one, because I can never figure them out while I'm watching it, but I think they have mastered the editing so well with the American version that it's tolerable.
0: Yeah, totally, I, I, I agree with that, and uh, I mean, I'm never won there, I, I hate it, and it's not as bad as it used to be on Survivor, but we did, definitely went through a period where it was like, every challenge was like, do this little obstacle course, and then get a bag of puzzle pieces, and then solve a puzzle, and mm. and it got really boring, like, because I think, just don't even bother with the with the obstacle course, because everybody basically ends up working on the puzzle, uh, yeah. so you might as well just cut straight to the puzzle, you know, and yeah. You know, so, yeah, I, that's kind of my feelings, has always been about challenges, that if they end in a puzzle it's not all that interesting to me but I do like the bit that leads up to it and I prefer a puzzle puzzle as opposed to a word puzzle but yeah I think one thing just to cap on this this challenge is that Shannon's reaction at the end is absolutely adorable like she's just you know so happy to have won and um, you know one of the the most endearing parts of this this whole show to me is Shannon smiling all the time like I think it's just great like she's obviously enjoying being there and you know when you get lots of people like I mean like, as much as I loved Izzy like Izzy didn't look like she was having the most fun in the world and that, you know when you're not well that's probably why but Shannon just looks all the time like she's just having a blast and it, it's great like I love it I absolutely love
1: it well I like that she's always enthusiastic I can appreciate that I just don't like her there's something about her I'm just like nah
0: <laughs> so if <laughs> we ever get a chance to talk to her then it's going to be me doing the talking on that one I think yeah you can do the whole thing I don't need to be there <laughs> <one at all. laughs> Well, Shannon, you've definitely got a fan of me, totally. Um, I, th- I think I'd even go as far as to say that Shannon's my favourite on the show at the moment. I really enjoy Shannon. Um, and I think she's quite vibrant and, and fun to talk to the camera too, which really helps.
1: Well, I think the show would be completely different without her. I think she's got a lovely figure. I don't think she's exceptionally beautiful or anything. But she's, she's good value. I just don't like her. Sorry, Shannon.
0: Why do we not talk more about the fact that she's a zookeeper as well? Like, what kind of animals is she looking after? Um, I need to know this information.
1: I, is she like a zookeeper, like Sam Webb was like a CEO? So, oh, I don't know if I can say that online. Uh, <laughs> is she actually a zookeeper or is she like a working at a zoo just as like a student? I don't know. Is she an actual legit zookeeper? She looks way too young.
0: I don't know, I'll have, to, I'll have to look into that and find out, because um, I, I assume she's from from Christchurch, she's probably at somewhere like Arana Park, so we should, we should look into that, but you know, stalking zookeepers online is not a hobby of mine, and I uh, probably shouldn't start at making it a hobby anyway. Um, yeah, so we kind of move in, and I think one of the things that's quite interesting is like, the show has been quite big about going back to the winning tribe after Tribal Council, which I find <laughs> really, really interesting. Um and normally it's complete fluff piece, and I, it seems like a waste of airtime to do it. But on this occasion, I think, again, it's quite telling that we get lots of you know, stuff from Shannon about she's really, really stoked to have won and you know, she can actually relax for the first time in two weeks and blah, 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 blah which I think is really good for her, her long-term game, that she's probably going to be around for a while. But mm-hmm. I also think it's quite interesting we get this kind of, like, grumpy, disappointed, almost, um, Nate, that they've... That they've, that they've <laughs> One, and they can't get rid of Shannon, and damn it, I hate seeing Shannon happy. And I think that's quite interesting. Like, I, I feel like we're starting to get a little bit of a turn from Nate. Like, I think Nate is going to be kind of somebody that gets used a little bit to tell the story of the good guys. But if, mm-hmm. if those guys come out on top, I can see him being the guy at the end who's kind of like, not exactly a villain, but like kind of like a big Ted type. You know, like, when he goes, you, you're kind of relieved that he's gone because you kind of gotten annoyed by him.
1: Oh yeah, like a more, more of like a maybe uh, uh, I was gonna say Rodney from World Apart. Yeah, yeah,
0: that same type of thing.
1: Yeah. He's 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 likable, but he's got the potential to be such a dick. It's like okay, bye.
0: Yeah, I think. It could, you're uh, gone now. Yeah, I think it could get yeah. tiring. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, and I think this is a real moment where. You know, I think as a casual audience member watching the show, is that you, you don't want somebody raining on Shannon's parade because this is her little moment to be happy. You know, she's avoided getting voted out, and you know that's a really good moment. And I mm-hmm. think it's it's really quite telling to me that they've they've shown a bit of of um, Graham. Oh, a gra- well, I call him Graham! Um, he looks like a Graham um, of, of Nate, kind of like you know pissing on that parade a little bit. And you know, I think that that's probably something that's there deliberately.
1: He does look like a Graham or or a Crank. Yeah,
0: we're going to change his name. He's going to be Graham from now on. (laughs) (laughs) We'll debate the spelling of Graham later on. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, and then we just get this kind of, it's it's funny because you kind of go into this, like, Mogaton, okay, what have we got to show here? We know what's going to happen. And in all fairness to... To show, you know, she kind of does fight for her life a little bit, which is awesome. You know, it's good that she is actually putting it out there and, and, and trying to do the best she can. And we actually mm-hmm. get a little bit of traction there. And whether or not how seriously Jack is actually interested in this um, is, is probably anybody's guess, but not very. Uh, and then we get Tom kind of saying, well, we need to throw a second vote because that's basically going to keep... Um, keep her on our side if she does come back. Which to me, you know... is bullshit.
1: That is total bullshit, and I think that shows his level, of, uh, uh, the what sort of echelon in the game he is in compared to Mike. Why, if Mike bought that, Mike's an idiot. Well, there I is think, no way Shay would be going back there.
0: Well, I think it's actually, I think it's a good strategy. Um, I think it has,
1: is from Tom, but not from Mike. Yeah, Just, yeah, no, I think, like, it's
0: a, I think it's a good a good strategy from Tom, but I think probably the the problem is is that you then have to sell it to Mike that like, we're going to write your name down, but it doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't matter how secure you are in this game. You don't want anybody ever writing your name down, even if it's a throwaway vote. So I think yeah. the kind of political capital he has to spend selling this kind of like pointless plan to Mike is not mm-hmm. worth it. It's not worth the risk that later on Mike's going to be like, well, this guy was willing to vote for me even as a throwaway. So I don't, you know, I, I've got no loyalty to him. You know, like it, it Tom is in a position where he needs to engender as much loyalty and respect from people like Mike as he can. And I think it was just like a, you know, I could, I definitely see the thinking, but I think it's just, it's dangerous from his perspective.
1: I think he would have backed off from that had he got the vibe that Mike was going to be totally anti it. Yeah. But, um... I thought it was smart of him because what it really does, it doesn't, what he told Mike, that's not the case. What it does, it keeps him sweet with this group and it keeps him sweet with the other group and it keeps him sweet with the person who got voted out. Yeah. So he's keeping himself safe, which is good. I'd do that.
0: Well, I think the problem with doing that is that it never works out for people, though. Like, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. And, you know, the thing about Survivor is that ultimately the people that own their decisions and own their votes normally come out on top. You know, these people who try and hedge their bets, it normally blows up in their face eventually, and I think that that's exactly what's going to happen to Tom.
1: I, I think it'll happen. I don't think Tom can win, but I can, I can definitely see the, the thought behind it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, we we, we get that little bit and, um, you know, like when Shay's trying to trying to spin this plan to them in the in the shelter. Um, I totally get disinterest from Jack all over Jack's face, and you mm-hmm. know, like, I wonder, I wonder what Shay's thoughts were walking away from that conversation because obviously we get a little bit of a confessional from Jack saying that yeah potentially this is a, a move that I could do. Here's the pros and cons, but I never once thought that Jack was kind of interested in this. Whereas Tom, I think probably was um, at least a, a little bit, um, but yeah, I, I don't get the feeling at all that that um, that Jack was interested in it.
1: No, nah, Jack's way too um, love struck by Mike and Lee to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shift his direction. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there's anything else we need to talk to before we, we kind of head into Tribal Council, and um, it's to me this Tribal Council is a little bit of a fizzle too. Like there's nothing really that impactful that comes out of it. Yeah, no, nah, it was
1: very okay. Whatever. But yeah. I mean,
0: that's going to happen, and I think probably um, I'm going to talk about this really soon because it's been an interesting week for um, what the news are saying over here and you know the people that are following it and the websites and stuff um, on the on the Kiwi websites, what they've been saying about this and um, been talking about that, you know, giving Matchism a little bit of shit that he's not, not been that interesting at Tribal Council and blah, blah, blah. But I think if you go and look at any Tribal Council like this um, you know, from the American version where it's absolutely clean cut that what's going to happen is that they're not always that interesting, you know, this kind of happens regardless of which country we're talking about and so, you know, I don't want to give Matt any shit here really because I think you know, I I still think he's kind of growing into that questioning of people and getting good information out of them at Tribal but, you know, this is Tribal Council number five or whatever six for him it's, you know, he's still really near the the beginning of his kind of survivor career and, um, you know, I think you've got to cut him a little bit of slack because there's actually not much of interest to talk about here
1: no, and, and, like, I think I think this is, like, a good example of this is a new show for New Zealand. There's never been a New Zealand survivor before, and I think the way Jeff did it when uh, Alicia got voted out of Rong. it was so obvious, but I think that's, from doing your job for what would have been, like, 15 years, you'd know how to work it to make it somewhat interesting when you already know the outcome yeah I I don't think there was anything that it was like um in the Australian version it was the same when uh JL Jenna Louise got voted out there was it was obvious we knew it was going to happen no there was nothing that it could have changed it to make it more dynamic or more interesting or more suspenseful it was the same thing here it was obvious what was going to happen there I think he did the best with what he had Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with that, really. Um,
0: Yeah, uh, so, I mean, we kind of get this, obviously, this throwaway vote for Mike, and and Mike doesn't seem particularly happy about that. So it'll be interesting to see what the ramifications might be, you know, in the next episode for that little situation. Um, But, yeah, we kind of get through this vote. It's um, 3-2, and I think that's the closest vote we've had so far, right? Yeah. 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 so that's quite, I guess that's something to note really, obviously it was a strategic thing as opposed to actually being a, a tight boat, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's something to, to keep an eye on, um, you know, Shay's off to Redemption Island and we get quite a, quite an, almost a bit of a douchey comment at the end from, from Matt, which is like, so the men won out and it's like, oh, I'm not entirely sure that was the narrative, um, you know, like to me, I don't think that's really what this was about, um, but yeah, so that was quite interesting that that was the kappa
1: that we went with on this episode. Yeah, that was a bit of a whatever, just pipe down you, host man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I thought it was a a stink, sort of like an anticlimactic way for Shay, who has been like, as far as the females go this season, like one of the bigger characters to go out in a dud tribal council that was a bit suck
0: yeah well I think obviously from what I can see from this preview is that next week's um Redemption Island duel seems like it's going to be a real tight one so that you know hopefully we're going to see something if it is her that goes next week that we're going to see a good kind of end to that story and if it's not well we might get a second bite at the cherry so we'll see what happens and one of the things I did want to kind of note is that you know this whole thing of like if somebody gets voted out they get their torch snuffed they walk out um you know there's a moment there where the host waits and then gives his little whatever his comment is is Uh that um you know i think matt probably just needs to take an extra five seconds because you literally see shay walk walk by in the background as he's given his little piece of advice (laughs) (laughs) which is just quite it's quite funny um yeah yeah so we kind of get into that but uh, that probably kind of kind of wraps up the episode for us um was there any other thoughts you wanted to have before we kind of go into rating this episode
1: uh, No, but on that last little bit, it could, he could be getting paid hourly, so he might have just had to spit it out while she was still true, inside. True, true. <laughs> but no, yeah. I'm I'm ready to rate this one.
0: Okay, well you go right ahead. I'll let you go.
1: This one is this one for me is more of a bin than the last one. Ooh. I I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it again. It was sort of. It was more repetitive sort of stuff. There was, like, some little interesting moments, but there's nothing in this episode that I need to see again, so I'd been it.
0: Yeah, I guess um, I'm probably on that, almost that one that you had last week of rent it but not watch it again. I think, you know, there's definitely things I like about this episode, but I think if you're not a Shannon fan, um, you know, like, there's probably not a lot there for you. Obviously, I am a Shannon fan, so I really enjoy that. Um, But, yeah, I think probably this kind of... The payoff's not worth it in the end because we've had so much time. We've basically spent three episodes talking about throwing this challenge. And, you know, so it's definitely uh, probably time to, to kind of move past this one. Uh, but, yeah, I'll give it the slightest of rents because I think there is a, a few things worth kind of checking in on this one. But, uh, yeah, so we kind of finished there. And I, I did have a couple of things I wanted to kind of bring up with you. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously I've teased it a little bit as we've been talking through here, which is the media's reaction to, to this these couple of episodes, and um, I'm uh, I'm actually going to start with Twitter, and uh, I just wanted to uh, bring up um, Matt Chisholm's tweets because they've been pretty hilarious um, in the in the last the last few days. Um, I'm, I'm actually uh, I've just come back into the country. I've been in Australia, and so I just came back to these tweets from from Matt, and um, had to catch up on the episodes before I read them, but. They're they're pretty hilarious. Um, so I think I think Matt just uh, had a, had a steroid sandwich before he sat down and, and watched some of these. Um, uh, so, so so we get this one. Um, yeah, somebody somebody has just like made a comment there, like um, on Twitter. They've said um, comparing Matt to Jonathan Lapaglia, um, I, I like Jonathan more. And so Matt has replaced that. Hi Tony, without knowing either of you, comparing Jonathan LaPaglia to you, because of this, I like him more than you too, good on you mate.
1: <laughs> I saw that one, I saw that one.
0: And then the next one is from Aaron Fleming, and I actually know Aaron, believe it or not, and uh, so Aaron has just like, out of nowhere, has just said, for what it's worth, Matt is doing a great job of Surviving New Zealand, but I wish I was the host. So, nice enough tweet, you know, saying, you know, that's, you know, I like Matt, um, and so Matt replies, cheers Aaron. Very kind of you. Clearly any clown can host the show, so I'll tell the producers that you're keen for next year. Like, it seems uh, unnecessarily mean there, Matt. I'm not entirely sure why you had to get in on that. Um, and then I think there was one other one. too. Oh, yeah, so somebody called Ezra on Twitter has said, has um, basically replied to one of Matt's tweets and said, you should be less worried about the contestants that get to Redemption Island than you should be about the Tribal Council snooze fest going on. Hashtag bored, hashtag zzzz. <laughs> so it, and, Matt, and Matt has replied to that one with great burn Ezra I genuinely hope your one follower loved it and I actually went I, I to check that Ezra does in fact have one follower and Ezra's own tweet that one that I just read out it has one like which is themselves
1: uh, she must be somebody off so it must be D <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so I thought like Matt was in quite a bitchy mood there which was which was quite funny um yeah, so so that that kind of made me laugh. I enjoyed that, but uh, then we had like a couple of quite interesting um, news pieces, and so one of them is from our uh, our stuff uh, stuff NZ website, and it's um, a comedian called Alice Bryan who's doing a bit of um, blogging on this this season. And um, from the, from the tone of some of them that I've read, she's not much of a Survivor fan, or she definitely thinks the right angle to go here is to basically just bitch about the show every week. And um, her her headline is. Ellen, Bryan's Survivor, the sexist world of Survivor. So she's got the word Survivor twice in the headline there, so off to a good start. Uh Um, But basically she said, you know, um, by the end of this week's episode of Survivor New Zealand, all but two women get voted out. There are literally two women left. It's been 14 days and they've managed to get rid of all of them. It doesn't highlight how much of a social problem we have in this country, then I don't know what does. Um, so basically, she's saying that Survivor's a sexist game, and um, you know that women are getting targeted. So um, I've got. To oh agree. my god! Yeah. What
1: a dumb bitch! Does she? She needs to go. Alice, go and do your research, babe. The only person to ever win Survivor twice was a female. Some of the greatest people to ever play this game, the most savvy players of this game, are women. Who won the latest American version? a female good on you sarah who won the most recent australian version christy good on you christy alice go binge watch some survivor
0: yeah i mean this is one of those things where, you know, you don't want to be too hard on her but uh, alice i have to say i a few things to kind of point out, which if you if you do watch a little bit more Survivor, you might understand, is that uh, generally speaking, in the early stages of survival, women do tend to get targeted because it ultimately is about physical strength early on. I mean, that's just a fact of the game. Um, so generally speaking, it's not unusual. I mean, yeah, we have had a, a large number of women go, and there's definitely no hiding that fact, but. Um, it's not unusual to see a lot of women go first, but on the flip side is that once we get into the merge situations, that men become a much bigger physical threat, and so you're more likely than not if you know. So obviously Shannon and and Barb are making the merge, and one other woman are making the merge, and I can almost guarantee that at least two of those women will be in the final five. You know, because once women get to the merge, they bec- there's no target on them. So you know the likes of Arvy and Mike and Um, Lee, you know, they're all going to have massive targets on them and this is the time when the men are going to start going. That's pretty natural, you know it's it's not unusual and um, just to add to that as well, is that, you know, we we just saw Georgia go out a couple of weeks ago. Now, if the tribe swap had, had been different, and instead of pulling uh, an orange buff, it was actually, say, Mike who pulled the purple buff and was in the minority there, then it would have been Mike who went. It wouldn't have been Georgia. So, you know, it, sometimes it's just about the luck as well. So, uh, you know, I, I definitely think there are there are aspects about Survivor that you can pull up that you could call the show sexist in some ways. I'm definitely not saying that that's not true, but I don't think that what she's saying is, is actually true in this situation. It's just the way it's kind of shaken out. And, um, you know, I, I always like it when these people who actually aren't really Survivor fans try and, and explain why Survivor um, mimics the you know the real world because they tend to go right off script. And the other thing I would say as well is that, um, Alice, you've got a tiny sample base here. You've got 16 people one season. Uh, we need a bit more of a sample base to really be able to, to make any solid kind of uh, accusations like you're trying to make there.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I'm. I don't think I'm completely blind to the fact that there is a lot of like sexism in the country we live in. But I don't think it's on this show, and I think that one of the principal characters who we've fo- who has had so much airtime and is the centre of a lot of positive editing is Shannon, who is a girl.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And. Um... You know, basically, as I go through, she's uh, made 19 separate points about this episode, uh, or this this couple of episodes. Um, and, um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty terrible stuff, to be honest. I, I, Alice, I, I can't say I'm a fan. Um, I'm sure you're a great comedian, but uh, in terms of writing about Survivor, yeah, it's, uh, it's not great, I've got to say. Maybe
1: she should go and watch The Fucking Bachelor and talk about the sexism on that shit
0: yeah totally and uh maybe you know season two of survivor we can sign alice up to be a part of it because uh that would be fun tv
1: yes that would be good you partake alice
0: (laughs) so yeah i mean those were a a couple of the kind of things that we've seen the other one that i'd say is and i can't actually find the uh the news article now but i think that was also a a stuff one as well which. basically was saying how slow the show is and um oh, okay yeah so no i found it now and it's basically saying because the american version um of game changers has just started showing uh, in new zealand here um uh, mm-hmm. so that's actually on the rival tv3 station at 4:25 in the afternoon uh once a day um during weekdays so it's going to be over within uh about 14 days which is kind of crazy um but uh, yeah so so that's kind of what's going on there and um they're kind of comparing the the speed of which the game has been played in America to how it's been played here, and it's boring in New Zealand. And uh, I definitely think there's some good points to be made there. But I also think comparing season one of a New Zealand version to season 34 of the American version is probably uh, not not so much, yeah, it's not a not a good comparison really. Um, especially given that the American one is not only the 34th season, but it's also an All Star season, which tend to move a bit quicker than um, a bunch of strangers who've never met before as well. Um, mm-hmm. But this article is quite funny because it it kind of has things like for those of you who have never stumbled across Survivor in some form, this is what it is like and explains it. It's like it's really quite funny. But, uh, but I think they make a few digs at Matt and this about you know that he's not as good as Jeff and blah blah blah, which again is stupid. You know, like it's just not it's not comparing apples with apples. I know it's the same basic show, but you know there's so many differences in this point that it doesn't seem like there's a there's a lot of of kind of point in doing this. And I, I actually think to be fair, I think we are on the verge of the show starting to speed up a little bit, at least I hope so. Um, but Uh I I did want to point out that one of the comments that was made on this particular news article, which I thought was really good. It's actually the very first comment, which is, um, basically that. It's unfortunately that New Zealand Survivor took one hour long TV show and stretched it over two hours, dragging over two nights. It slows down the normally snappy pace of the original show, and making it unnecessarily drawn out. So I think that person probably in three lines has, has made a better observation than the person who wrote that article and certainly better than Alice Brine. So uh, good on you to Mr. Mina, whoever that is, because I think you did a really good job of encapsulating what the issue here is.
1: Do you know how well the uh, Australian version rated when it was on?
0: I think it was pretty good because i mean obviously they come back and doing another another series so
1: no how well it rated here no no idea yeah oh okay
0: but um i, I think that this the new zealand Survivors getting reasonably good ratings um mm. it certainly uh, beat the bachelor in its first night which is which is good but i don't know if people have stuck around to watch the whole thing
1: hmm
0: yeah so, so yeah i mean there's definitely some i'm glad that Our New Zealand media are actually picking up and and having a bit of a a more in-depth discussion. Um, I think they're still a little bit off base, but at least least we're talking through this stuff, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, I think there will still be in the media that perception that it is a reality television show and not a game show. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's just something that as Survivor fans, we all get incredibly pissed off about whenever you talk to anybody and they say do you still watch that and yeah that's just that's oh
1: just, is that still on <laughs> yeah yeah just,
0: just part of the territory unfortunately so uh yeah that's just something that uh, we have to deal with um but uh anyway i think we've uh, we've done a pretty good job of covering this i'm, I'm really looking forward to next week because i think we're going to start getting into um you know the fun part of survivor really where, where we're getting into um you know, a few more twists and turns and, you know, things are, are going to start to play out. Now, do you think Do you think there's any chance we're going to see a hidden immunity idol next week?
1: Nah. Nah? So oh, it's, maybe, but I doubt it.
0: I just find it really interesting that we've not gone down that road because this, this show has not been afraid to pull a few punches in terms of, you know, its twists and things like that, you know, with Redemption Island and Tribe Swaps and, and things like that. Um, you know, I, 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 it's done more than I expected it would. I thought it would be a lot more kind of bare bones and it has oh. actually thrown out a few risks so i'm surprised there hasn't been a hidden immunity idol
1: i think it'd be good to have a immunity hidden immunity idol introduced to the merge i think the, the game could use it mm-hmm. um i think it could add another layer to it but i, I don't know how they would oh, well I, I can compare it to like an american version and see how they could place it in but i don't know if they would i'm i'm not sure
0: yeah well i guess we're going to find out um no looking forward to that and i guess the other big question is uh is this the end of redemption island or are we gonna are we gonna see somebody else come back in if if, if i was putting money on it i would say we're probably uh, not done with redemption island just yet
1: yeah i'm gonna say redemption island's here to stay (laughs) yeah yeah.
0: i think it's been too much a part of the show for it to go anywhere just yet so yeah yeah, and i guess probably the other question like so we're obviously heading into a merge with with 10 people yeah is that right yes it is right my maths is
1: is off a little bit but yeah yeah Uh,
0: so uh what do you reckon we get in a final two or a final three?
1: I reckon we'll have a final two. Australia had a final two, yeah. we'll have a final two. Yeah, yeah. There, I think. Um, oh, actually.
0: I guess the thing How? I'm thinking about is that it's you know although it's ten people it's actually uh-huh. a, a, assuming that we we're not done with Redemption Island is that there's actually eleven people still in the game because somebody there is about to get a second shot if you know what I mean you know so there's a there's eleven votes kind of before we at the end of the game you know.
1: Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10.
0: no there's ten isn't there there's ten now but one of those people is is. Gonna, you know, if, there's a, if there's Redemption Island continues to the end of the game, then somebody, mm-hmm. somebody's going to get voted out and come back in again. So there's actually, if you know what I mean, there's 10 people, but one of them's going to come back.
1: Yeah. How is um, it going to work with, is, is from now on, what, uh, is the jury going to start accumulating? Yeah, or? Well,
0: that's, that's the interesting part as well. I mean, I would assume...
1: Hmm, Not.
0: Yeah. I don't know. At some point, it's, it's going to be, you know, the whole thing of, you know, they'll go... To Redemption Island get booted off, and then then they'll join the jury. But yeah, I'd say, I mean, I read a little thing that was on the. They did like a little glossary on the on the New Zealand Survivor page of like, if you're not a fan, this is what all the words mean. And mm-hmm. they had a thing about jury, and it was like jury normally can consists of seven people, which I thought was interesting. So that's potentially that they're going to go with seven this time as well. I don't know why they would put that in there if they're not going oh. to. When was the last time they
1: had a seven member jury?
0: Yeah, I mean, in the American version, you're probably going back to
1: what token chains or token chains, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. That's old school. Yeah, so I could I could
0: actually see a final three. That wouldn't surprise me um, mm-hmm. because I think probably yeah, it, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. But I mean, or when, the other... like, like it's week five next week. You know, like it's yeah. I, I don't know.
1: Mm. The other thing with the final three, it, 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 that would make it able to be tied, wouldn't it?
0: Yes, yeah, that's right.
1: Oh, and we found out how the official, actual official tiebreaker rule, which I hope we don't see happen in the New Zealand version of the first season. That would suck.
0: Imagine if that's why they talked about it on the American finale, because they like, just so you know, on the New Zealand version, this is about to happen. <laughs> that, that would be so funny, wouldn't it?
1: Uh, that would be funny, that would yeah. be very funny, but ultimately disappointing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. okay, well I think we could probably leave it there for now, it's uh, been a really good discussion, I've enjoyed kind of going over this. Um, I think we've done a lot of kind of setting the table for this merge, so I just really hope we're starting to get some payoff next week. Definitely. But no, it's been, uh, been a pleasure talking to you. I hope so. You look forward to watching some more episodes and, and talking some more without uh, any in Australian interference again next week.
1: Oh bloody beautiful, beautiful! Beautiful! <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, that's all from us tonight, guys. Um, we look forward to coming back and uh, discussing the merge with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at the OZNetwork.net.